Welcome to the Hold the Maneuver Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Mike. We're two hardworking dads trying to immerse ourselves into Star Wars and fit it into our very busy lives. If this is your first time listening and or watching, in this sometimes short-form Star Wars podcast, we'll share our thoughts on different topics from a galaxy far, far away. So join us as we prepare to execute the Hold the Maneuver. All right. I'm you got you to gotta go to Arizona, don't you? Yeah. Hey, he'll be back. Don't worry. Hello everyone, welcome back to another Hold the Maneuver. This is episode 53. Uh, this week we have Ted with us again. He watched the episode this week, so good start there. Yes. Uh, and we have Stanford joining us again. Hey. And then as always, Mike is also here with me. Always. Yeah. As always. Unless I'm not, then. Yeah. Unless you get taken out by a Sith Padawan. Where did Ezra Bridger send Thrawn? Uh, to uh, Kmart? I don't know. Kmart? <laughs> I don't know. That makes sense in universe. The, the Thrawn shop? <laughs> the Thrawn <laughs> shop? Actually, I probably just ruined a, another week. Could have used, we could have used that for a joke. But Yes. The Thrawn, oh. actually, that's pretty clever. Yeah. It's purgatory. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Yes, yes. All right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, this week we are talking about part four of the Ahsoka series on Disney Plus. Uh, it was called A Fallen Jedi. And as anyone who watched that episode, that title means many different things for a few different people within this episode. Uh, and it was also directed by Peter Ramsey, uh, who some people may, may may know if you're a big animation fan. He was one of the directors of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, so when I had first heard that he was going to be directing an episode, I think it was last year, I got pretty excited about what this episode was going to kind of look like. Uh, and at least for me, before we really get into everything, that was one of the highlights for me for me is I, I really enjoyed the directing style of this episode uh, and I like how a lot of the shots were, were framed and I felt like a lot of the shots also had like a lot of kinetic energy to them like they did in Spider-Verse. Granted, there's going to be a little bit of a difference between like a highly stylized animated movie like Into the Spider-Verse and an episode of Ahsoka, but I think that translated pretty well to this Stanford and I talked uh, about a different thing that he directed, which was the the Lost Ollie miniseries too, which was kind of its own thing. Yeah, which I would definitely suggest people to check out too. But yeah, definitely, you, you can kind of see how his directing style, like between Spider Verse that, and then what he did in here, how how it went. But again, every episode this this season two is also written by Dave Filoni, so. Uh, next week is going to be directed by him too, so I'm excited for that too. But we'll start kind of going round, round robin here at the beginning, and then we'll kind of start recapping and whatnot there. But for everyone's kind of initial thoughts on what they they thought of the episode, we'll go. We'll start with Ted, then Stanford, and then Mike, and then I'll end the the rounding out. So take it away. We'll be the robin. Yeah. Yum. Well, maybe maybe I should catch up with like that. I did watch episode yes. three, and um, <laughs> I 
I have to admit, like getting through episode three, you guys had built it up really well, and I was bored. Oh, hey, I said that. The, you did. You did. You warned me. <laughs> then, then even with this episode, like the first half of it, I was like, "This is so boring," and I was honestly not gonna watch after this episode. But the second half of the episode picked up. The fights got interesting. The, especially with the, the reveal at the end of, you know, I was like, all right, I think I'm in. You can talk about that. I'll, Uh, I'll put the banner along the bottom. Spoiler alert, everybody. If you, if you're watching or listen, if yeah, yeah, the Bruce banner. If you're listening or watching this, hopefully you've already watched the episode. Uh, But if you haven't, pause this, go watch it, then come back. Come or back, just, yeah. or if you, or if you like being spoiled, that's cool too. That's your prerogative. Whatever you do, you do you. Uh, you want us to spoil it, and you yell at us in the comments. Go ahead. Yeah, but now Ted is going to to spoil what he wanted to say. So go ahead. Like yeah, like seeing Hayden Christensen there at the end, I was like, okay, whoa, this could go really big directions, and uh, I'll bring it up later once we we bring that up in the main part of the podcast. But like it got me excited to the possibilities of sitting down and having a conversation with Anakin post uh, four six. Like I want to hear his thoughts. Like, does he, yeah, we, I can bring it up later once we get there. But I was, I kind of really felt like, but the last half of this episode is finally where it's at a good pace. I, I don't want to say I have a hard time watching TV because TV goes so slow. I like concise storytelling that movies bring. And now I think it's finally picking up and hopefully next episode, I'll definitely be watching next episode. I'm excited to see what happens. Nice. How about you, Stanford? You know, I, I concur with Ted on, on a lot of stuff. Uh, the, uh, the pacing of the series overall has been a bit of a challenge for me in that I just, watch so many movies you know i don't i watch way more movies than i do watch episodic television so i had to you know i have to get kind of back into that mindset that okay it's going to be slow and this is going to be stretched out over you know multiple episodes uh, anyway uh and then i'm also with that like things just picked up in a major way i didn't it wasn't like a deal breaker for me i've liked these i've liked these other episodes even though i just kind of felt like a lot of it is just you know, two characters just kind of being sad and talking softly to each other, you know, for the whole episode. Um, but wow, it was so, the fights were so cool. I'm with you, Mark. Peter Ramsey's direction was so solid. And I noticed it just from the get go, you know, just the way he was framing the scenes and then whatnot, even though not maybe not necessarily a lot was happening um, other than just, you know, two sad people talking. But, uh, Wow, so cool. And you know, I love, love, love the uh lightsaber fights. Uh I love uh Hu Yang kicking ass, you know, excuse my French. Oh, yeah. And uh uh wow, so, so much fun. And then and then the big reveal when um you know when uh they go to the world between worlds and there's and there's Anakin. Holy cow, I'm really anxious to see where this is gonna go. Nice. See what you did there, Mike. Um, uh, and then now, what did you have to say, Mike? 
No, I I thought this episode was tighter than the previous ones for sure. Even though not like story wise, not much happened. Again, it seems like that's a theme of the series is they have two main points in an episode and they just draw it out for whatever reason. It's I'm enjoying it. Uh, I thought the fight sequences were cool. I'm still kind of confused by the last one. We'll talk a little bit on that later because I don't understand a c- certain choices the characters made. Um, I was I was wary because last like last see, episode three was very was I kept like I said I stopped it in the middle. I was like holy crap! I still got half left and like rolled my eyes, but. I enjoyed this one. I'm enjoying where it's going. I'm enjoying seeing where it's going, I should say. But some just some questions on things they put in. Be the typical fan. Be like, I well, I thought I mean I haven't I don't know any of the other thing they do, so I can't say I was expecting something different. It's just I questioned some things because it was kind of like why that makes no sense to me. But overall, good, enjoying it. Two sad people talking. How about you, Mark? That's like a whole subgenre of like uh, of film. Isn't that like French films are all about? Yeah, it's like a French film. Two sad people yeah, talking. Like, you know. <laughs> the, the French New Wave. Two, two sad hours. people talking by Jean-Luc Godard. Uh, <laughs> a lot of French in this episode be- between Stanford and uh, this. Wee uh, wee. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I I I think out of the. I think generally, I guess the past four, well, the past three episodes of Holdo, past four episodes of Ahsoka, I think I've generally been the the warmest on it out of everyone we've had on here. But like between, you know, like Sanford, Ted, uh, Kai, uh, Kenny, and Aspen. Like I know Aspen, I I think I'm maybe like as close to like how Aspen enjoyed the like premiere as far as like how i'm taking in the the series uh i know as far as the four people on here this week too that stanford and i are are the only two that have seen rebels as well uh so there's that whole perspective with it too which i the past few weeks have have kind of asked my wife each week like how like how she liked the episode because she hadn't hasn't seen rebels um, so I'm always trying to kind of contextualize, like, I know who all these people are and what experiences they've been through, but like, like Mike or like, Ted, like you guys watching it, if you, and you guys haven't watched Rebels, you didn't see all like the stuff that like Hera and, uh, Sabine and like Ahsoka went through together on that show. So when some stuff happens, you may not have the right contextualization for that and that's not your fault that's that's sometimes they the show should be able to feed that to you in a way that's not like retelling it for people that do know that but also in a way that's kind of telling you what happened without you know it's hard because you don't want to get into that let me just have everyone talk and give backstory for a scene Mode. Yeah, like you don't want to like force that position. Yeah, be like have like, like a anime. whole thing. 
Yeah, like you don't want to have like a whole thing with like Jason and Hera talking about Kanan because then some people will be like, who's Kanan? I watched enough recaps to know the emotional levels that I need to realize. Yeah. Thankfully. There are some things I'm going to be like, strange you out, and then that's why I send them to you, and then you correct me. (laughs) And I mean, we'll get to it too, like when we get to near like the end of the episode, but like even like the the setting of where we see at the end of the episode is going to be something people that have again watched rebels are are familiar with more than like if you're just if ahsoka is your first time like with some of these characters and you're seeing there you're like what what the hell is this place and whatnot so i i think it's got to walk like kind of that fine like line tightrope whatever analogy you want to give to it yes uh but i i don't again i think for me i'm receiving it in a a little bit different way than i guess a lot of or some other people are um and i'm a little bit warmer on it but i uh am enjoying the pacing of it i don't know if that makes me weird uh but i i i tend to like slower pacing and some stuff uh and i'm a little bit more I guess I'm used to that with how, like, Dave Filoni tells a lot of his stories, too. Because uh, generally, like, Clone Wars, that started off, like, at a very slow pace and, like, built up yeah. progressively into, like, a crescendo where, like, everyone everyone that has watched Clone Wars or the movies with that, they'll be like, you can watch, like, these episodes and episodes and, like, seasons one, two, and but three is where it, like, really picks up four or five and... And then, you know, like, the the final season that was just on, like, everyone will tell you, you need to watch the, definitely need to watch the last four episodes of that, because it's essentially, like, a companion piece movie to, like, Revenge of the Sith, because uh, you're seeing what Ahsoka's dealing with at the same time as, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan are off uh, helping Palps, and, and it, like, goes enough into Revenge of the Sith where uh, you can see like Ahsoka kind of deal with feeling uh, like Anakin's fall to the to the the dark side within that movie too so again whoever maybe if you haven't watched those last four episodes of Clone Wars I would definitely suggest checking those out too because that's a the whole great thing too but with that I guess now we can actually get into the the recap and review proper. Of I guess episode. one point is uh, maybe, and that's how I've kind of felt, is the first three and maybe a half episodes have been recapping Rebels in a way that they're not just sitting down telling you the best way they could figure out how to do it. So I've, I've felt like there's been a lot of exposition yeah. and not much Ahsoka story, like, Okay, it's just supposed to be her show, but we're kind of talking about the past constantly, not really moving forward. Yeah. Which, okay, granted, I enjoy because I need to know these things to understand moving forward. But you wasted three and a half episodes on it out of what six episodes total. That's why the pacing thing kind of gets gets me. Yeah, and I I'll be worried then because. I, knowing what that setting is that ahsoka is in right now by the end of the episode that mm. that that setting is, oh, is kind of uh it's 
we'll get there. Uh, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, so the so the episode opens with Hugh Yang fixing the ship from like where we ended the last episode, uh, and Ahsoka's just like out is taking over from the end of the last episode where Balin was looking up and brooding. Ahsoka's opening this episode brooding, <laughs> and then she asks like Sabine. Or says that she says they may have to make like a difficult choice to make sure that if they can't get Tezra that like no one can, then it's better than allowing Thrawn's return as the heir to the Empire and just asks if she can count on her and Sabine says, You know that you can. Um, so again, I kinda like with how they've been showing a little bit of this relationship because even this relationship for again, people that watch Rebels, this is new to everyone watching this because that relationship really didn't exist in that show outside of the epilogue that was at the end of rebels that they recreated in live action in the the premiere episode of this uh so it's been kind of interesting to go back and see contextually or kind of piecemeal figure out like how that whole relationship was with them um but the, the thing that happened right after that that I thought was cool too was I called it BattleBots in my notes because it was Hugh Yang. Uh, Looked like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah, like, yeah, Hugh Yang ah. like, kick, kicking some droid ass and he was he, using his like exterior back forearms, that, which are basically just like flat like things. They're because they weren't like hands, I don't think. It, it felt like he was just like, like karate chop slapping. The other that's why I looked like the rock'em sock'em robots just yeah although I liked how clever he was with basically just effing up the the ship again so that it would get the attention of ahsoka and Sabine to, to come out there and help him out what did, what did you guys think of kind of like this whole like opening sequence here we'll go Stanford first okay I liked it you know I I, mean, I think Hugh is such a great character I'm so happy that David Tennant is voicing him so anytime he's got screen time, you know, I'm that's all good. And then I just, I just, I just love the fight. Uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great. Uh, yeah. How about you, Ted? Same. I, I really like. I always think of David Tennant's lines, and I think a lesser actor probably would have delivered that line so boringly. Yeah. And he makes oh, it interesting as totally a droid. Great. Yeah, I know he's a droid. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. Yeah. And he he's been doing this voice since the Clone Wars too. So if, if you if you haven't watched the Clone Wars too and you enjoyed him, uh look up the episodes that he's in of that because there's a good episode with him and Ahsoka where she brings a b- bunch of younglings to Little go, younglings, like, build, yeah. build their lightsabers. That's a it's kind of a cool I kind of equivalent him to like if you've seen like the Wizarding World like Harry Potter movie, he's kind of like the Ollivander of of uh. Jedi Padawans because he's helping them find their like lightsaber crystals to help them build their lightsaber, which is you know uh, the equivalent. Do you think he's going to be added to the theme parks now? I mean, That's Ahsoka, what I was about to ask. Ahsoka's there. <laughs> Boba Fett's there. Well, why wasn't he added in the first place? Like he's like I love the idea that he's hundreds of years yeah. old. I could see them adding him to like in the, the, the where you built experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they should. Yeah, yeah, like which I'll never be here, able to but... afford. Yeah, it's crazy. You can, you can do it. Just talk, <laughs> just talk, just be like, uh, it's worth it. 
Is it <laughs> worth it? It's, it's worth it. Yeah, it totally is worth it. But, but if you want to hear more about that, go back to our episode where we talked about Galaxy's Edge and building the lightsaber. So, <laughs> but the do you know the number of the episode off the top of your head? Uh, I will let Mike talk about it a little bit, and I'll I'll, I'll try to find <laughs> what episode it was. Uh, I'll give you a topic. Uh, uh, Sabine, Ahsoka, lightsabers. Talk. I'm getting for Clem. Oh. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really like the no. advice that Hu Yang gave to to uh, Ahsoka and Sabine, which of course they didn't follow but then they're better together yeah, yeah. and uh yeah you know it's, it's, it's the consequences you know with this episode. no it's episode. one thing that just during the beginning i just kept being like what the hell what the hell i thought with the forest they had like a spidey sense when something bad was happening mm-hmm. like there's a disturbance in the forest has been said in so many instances Yet Ahsoka's just chilling in the ship while Hu Yang's getting pummeled outside. Does it not apply to droids? Like, I was just... that did cross my mind. Yeah, well, it made me wonder if like they can't sense other droids. The well, I mean, they're non-life forms, so and uh, they are they though the dark side. They're, they seem to be sentient. Who's to say? They're, they're they had the whole underground thing in Mandalorian where. Jin starts kicking the droids and they're trying to get them to get angry. They're sentient until they need to blow up something in the episode, and then they're not sentient creatures anymore. Mm-hmm. Although that's also why we'll get to it later in the episode too. Why you show random X-wing pilots that you've never met before so that you can blow them up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, droids don't ones, have the not the ones we know and love, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, mitochondrians, <laughs> the powerhouses of the cells. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, I I wonder. Ahsoka just again, I I think she's kind of going through a fallen Jedi moment. You know, because again, there there she is, just like a sad person. You know, two sad people in a room, right, talking. But uh, and Sabine isn't really strong with Sabine's still kind of finding her way with the Force, right? Yeah. So anyway, you but you bring up a good point. Yeah. Yeah, and like with that too, I I enjoyed this whole scene with Sabina and Ahsoka, like working as a team, because it sh- it showed like like as Yang said, when they they stuck together, that they are were always better as a team, and you saw that in action when they came out of the ship, working together, Ahsoka using a like force like push to pull like one of the, the people was it a droid or just one of the random like minions like over in front of like us in front of Sabine and she pulled it down with like some Mandalorian armor so I liked that whole team up sequence there with, with them doing that uh, but yeah like you said Stanford like it's too bad that they, they didn't like listen to Yang yeah and they end up although if they had stuck together like I guess the rest of the events of the episode wouldn't have played out like they did well. so they had to exactly yeah, they had to the plot but... the same reason why they always go upstairs in horror movies like nothing <laughs> else would happen if they didn't right <laughs> um, yeah so the from there uh, i kind of hinted at it but we cut to hera 
uh, after like the events of last week where the like douche in in the new uh, republic is essentially like be like no you can't go do that mon mothma's cool still um but yeah so like harris just like you know what i'm just i'm going to go myself i'm just gonna peace out and go help sabine and ahsoka i liked the thing in there too with uh jason <laughs> he was like how come you you can go against what you're told to do. She's like, well, when you're a general, you can disobey orders too, which I thought was funny. Uh, and I liked that we got to, we saw Carson Tiva again too. Wow, absolutely. Which I was hoping because, like, again, I'm not. I've kind of got an idea of like maybe how the timeline of this is kind of interwoven into what we've seen in Book of Boba Fett and Mando. Uh, but I was I was maybe thinking we would see Zeb here too, uh, from Rebels because when we saw him in Mando season three, he was with Carson Tiva last. So I thought maybe we'd see him there, but we didn't. Hey, we'll see. Hopefully he shows up right at some point in the run. Yeah, maybe it was more of a budget reason. Yeah, he is a, he is a big CG, uh, CG character. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was cool to to see the ghost. Uh, in live action I again. We, I was so stoked to see the ghost again. And highlighted, because uh, like we've seen it as like an Easter egg in like Rogue One. We're like, oh, it's right, right. See that little tiny ship on the Well, screen? and then the Rise of Skywalker too, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, wasn't it supposedly in there? Yeah. Speaking of that ship and knowing what happened with ILM in the original Star Wars, was that a potato they were flying out of? Oh, the like the, the I don't know the main ship that they depart from oh, looked like a potato. Looks like this big flying potato. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. if you behind the scenes, they use potatoes for the asteroids. Oh yeah. So okay. I was just say is that. Oh yeah, I remember them talking about that in Light and Magic. Uh, but yeah, there's, I know there's a like a, a ship classification for that, but like I know like they potato. They, yeah. Russet. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the, the, the Tanty, the Tanty, Idaho, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like this whole sequence, I like taters, uh, precious. Boil them, mash them, oh. stick them in a stew. <laughs> but there's there's only one return, and it's not of the king; it's of the Jedi. <laughs> uh, I but yeah, I like this whole sequence. I liked her line here too of the "once a rebel, always a rebel." Uh, so what did, what did you guys have like thoughts on like this whole kind of sequence where we saw Hera again this week after like where we left off with her and Jason last week we'll go Ted first and then Stanford this time I thought she was okay I, I'm not emotionally attached to her character yet when they were like no you're not allowed to have the fleet with you I was like it's TV writing and uh, they have to create that conflict I don't, I don't know like every time she shows up I'm like it's the girl from Oh, bloody the Scott Pilgrim. What's the the seven girls date the guy or Scott Pilgrim? Yes. <laughs> Sorry for yelling. Yes. Obi Wan Kenobi's wife. Yeah. She was in, in Death life? Proof with yeah. Rosario she's Dawson. Married. She's married to yeah. uh, Ewan McGregor. Harrison no Dula and Obi Wan Kenobi are married. Even though supposedly Obi Wan and Sabine had a thing. It's a team. With a T. Saltine, whatever. Satine. 
who is indirectly related to Sabine as a cousin. Right. Yeah. Timeline. Bokatan. Satine. Sabine. Knights of Ren. Not to be confused with Sabine Ren. And Ren and Stimpy. Singing uh, the elephant. Stanford. Yeah. Your hey, brain is my... wired for dad jokes. <laughs> Connect yeah. them. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Did you have something? Sorry, I didn't want to. I was going to say the only Sabine I know was my bus driver in elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) She's still driving today. (laughs) I don't know what she's doing today. Yeah. (laughs) She's watching Ahsoka. Yeah. Could be watching this. Yeah. What did you think, Stanford? You know, um, I thought it was good. You know, uh, I have. It's kind of weird. I think I'm I'm so used to seeing both Hera and Ahsoka, you know, animated. Oh yeah. That just in live action, it just is a little off, you know, with the contacts oh, and Haku. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not a deal breaker by any means, and I think they've done an absolutely outstanding job with the costumes and the makeup and everything. But still, uh, every time I, every time I see Hera, it just seems always just like a little off. But uh, and then. You know, I was noticing. I mean, that I think you know the, the cough drops that are there. Uh, uh, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the pill packets they wear for badges. Yeah, the corseting, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's still and 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 seeing this this the, the space fleet. I thought, I don't know. It just reminded me of vintage Star Wars, and I like you know I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I what did the, you like, think of the design? Flexor. Oh, going back to like the design of characters in live action. What did you think of the Cad Bane design? I thought that was translated really well. I thought Cad Bane looked really good. I agree. It didn't seem like Reddit liked him, but I was like, "This, this is spot on. This yeah. is good." It worked. It worked for me. It works better. He worked better than Hera for me. You yeah. know. But and I think I think the Inquisitor looked fine too. With uh, what's his name? Uh, not really. <laughs> That guy, yeah, that one guy, the dude, he was in the dude Pride and Prejudice and other movies. The guy that played Think I'll find out is Kira Knightley. Nobody wants to know. She was in Pride and Prejudice. That's all I know. She was also in Phantom Menace. She played. It's true. She the, was the, one the, of the other pad decoys, right? They're one of the. Although there is a theory that she was really the queen and Padme was a decoy. <laughs> the the real really? queen is the friends we made along the way. Yeah. Yep. There is a theory that who was that actor? Mark, that's gonna drive me crazy. Well, that's a little good. They can Google it. Hold up. It, oh, oh, Rupert Friend. Rupert. Yeah. It just like okay. It popped into my head. Just good call. I I had the initials because I knew it wasn't Ray Fines, but I knew it was R F. <laughs> so I was like, you were just hoping it was Ray Fines. Yeah. Well, we were talking about Wizarding World earlier too, so I had. You know, <laughs> all of all of it's up here always trying to figure out a use for it uh but yeah talking about like you know like showing like the ranks like on their badges i liked that uh i don't remember no i don't know necessarily what the character's name was but the the guy that was talking to Hera, that was he's like oh you're just gonna leave we have like a a general meeting and he's like <laughs> her essential assistant <laughs> Yeah, she, she'll, like, Wouldn't that be her sergeant or something like that? Probably. For military terms? I don't know. Like a lieutenant or something. Uh, but she's like, he'll come up with something. And he's like, all right, come up with something. 
Yeah. But and like his was just like one just like the one little circle on his square badge. I thought that was kind of funny. He um, he ate all his pills. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh yeah. Hungry. So yeah, coming from this and then we cut back to the sea loss again, um where uh we have Balin talking to, to Morgan there. Uh and just like, sad people. Know. Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of that, here's like Faith. I lost that a long time ago, uh, which is kind of like a cool little thing, you know, hinting at like basically how he fell from being like, you know, the classical Jedi to like kind of where like he's he's somewhere in the middle now. He's too. like in the middle. I mean, definitely tilting yeah. towards the dark side. But yeah, Galen yeah, is a fallen Jedi too, I think is just so interesting. Yeah, like where Ahsoka's not really a jedi but she's not dark like she's closer to the light so like i like how they're kind of like a mirror of each other where they're not you know these absolutes because only a sith deals in absolutes which that itself is an absolute so when you say that you are a sith uh but like yeah so soka's leaning light side he's leaning dark side uh, but never the, the twain shall meet. Uh, and I liked the the thing here too with uh, when Ahsoka goes up against Merrick here. And we're going to have plenty of th- stuff to say about Merrick here in a, a little bit. But <laughs> I liked this, this little between Ahsoka and Merrick that, again, if anyone hasn't seen Ruffles, um, there's, there's a whole sequence there with Obi-Wan, Kenobi, versus Darth Maul and it's their last battle against one another and Maul tries to essentially do the same exact move that he he did to take out the only person that's ever died from a abdomen wound in the Star Wars galaxy Qui-Gon um, and <laughs> he is so far yeah and yeah he goes to do the same thing and like Obi-Wan knows what he's going to do and it's, it's it's one of the shortest lightsaber battles but it's also one of the best because he just knows exactly and he just like cuts him and that's ahsoka essentially does the same thing to merrick because he's just like i'm showing off with my twirly twirly bits twirly like uh inquisitor blade here and she's just like like, nope just does one move uh and then he turns into the smoke monster the smoke monster yeah Yeah. which and titus wolliver as the role of merrick this week no (laughs) But yeah, I, this is so like everyone, I, I know this was like a thing that was like in like the discourse online was like, who's Merrick? Mm-hmm. Who's Merrick? Is it a, is it a dark? Nobody. <laughs> yeah. But I nobody. mean, maybe it was still somebody. Maybe they're going to go back. Cause I mean, that's, there's something weird going on there still. Yeah. Like, like everyone thought was, yeah. Like, is he a dark Ezra? Is he a, is he a clone of Luke? You know, the, the Luke from the expanded universe, L U U K E. Or is he something else with, you know, like Palpatine is trying to do all the stuff to like force clone stuff. We've seen Moth Gideon try to do that. Uh, but nope, he or she or they or whatever Merrick was, uh, was sand or some kind of. Uh, something that couldn't be exposed to air because he disappeared quite. Yeah. And yeah. 
He was midichlorians. He was just a big bag of midichlorians. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he was he was coarse and he got everywhere. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I, I think he was you know like you know reanimated right or somehow yeah. brought it's... back to life or if you, if you call it life you know it's some kind but. Um, well, I wonder if it, if we'll we'll learn more, or if it's just like one of those mysteries that we'll all be kind of scratching our heads over. Yeah, it seems. Like I was so confused, so I got online to be like, "What? What happened?" And most what people were saying is that, yeah, a reanimated corpse by Morgan, the witch lady. Yeah, because she she's like a night sister of, of Dathomir. Dathomir is like where Maul came from, um, but like there's like they're like this whole. If Aspen was here, she knows everything <laughs> about the the Night Sisters. Uh, but yeah, like they're like this whole this whole subset of characters that use the Force in a very different way. Um, and I do kind of like Jesuits. Yeah, kind of sort of. I like kind of like what is going on with Ahsoka too, where it's it's very Arthurian, uh, where. You have Morgan, like Morgan, Morgan Le Fay, um, with her like being like the, the like the witch in this, and even like the costumes with uh, like Balin, he's kind of like dressed in like very knight esque, you know, like armor, like with what he's got on, like the shoulder pads and almost kind of like the I don't know what the shoulder it? pads, <laughs> yeah, or like his in his mithril or whatever, and like Shin, her, she's even her, like her. Her whole costume is kind of like you know, like the metal. Yeah. And like they, it looks very like Knights of the Round Table, night like you know Camelot type stuff going on there. So and then like that's this whole quest with like a map of going to find somebody that we need to, you know. So it's it's interesting. Like it's kind of our Arthurian. Yeah, Arthurian. Yeah. There you go. Your father was a, or your mother was a hamster, and your father smelled of elderberries. Elderberries. Just a silly oh, place. Oh, Let's oh, not go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I. I and then I think it, this has also been hinted at too, with like even the names of like Shin and Balin are kind of representative of like these wolf creatures from like different myths too, and then there's. The whole connection of evolution in there too, with like uh, whales are actually descendants of wolves. To to look that up, that sounds weird, but it's it's real. That that's a real evolution thing where like wolves became whales. So the last I, thing I heard about evolution was everyone becomes crabs. So crab I want YouTube push crab me that video too. People. Crab people. Like it's like astonishingly amount of things end evolution as crabs uh, for uh, something like that. Why not yeah. Zoidberg? Exactly. Zoidberg. Why not Zoidberg? <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so I I think we'll probably get more as far as something as maybe not because like Merrick ultimately wasn't like important. Right. Other than to show us something that he was a make you question yeah yeah or was he kind of a red herring or something yeah i don't know or a green sand or a black smoke um, yeah yeah but yeah well, well i'm sure we'll, we'll find out more about not necessarily him but like what was going on there uh and then from here too i liked 
so we had that opening episode lightsaber duel well ahsoka with and then merrick and ahsoka uh but then this is kind of where sabine and ahsoka don't listen who to who yang and they split off uh sabine stays with her rematch with shin and ahsoka takes off to go after balin and i i know that some of you guys had like a few notes on this part too i i did want to say quickly with like what i thought about this is i i thought it was very good use of the environment during their whole uh lightsaber duel there too with the choreography with like balin throwing rocks ahsoka using like leverage to like push herself off uh, like the outlander rocks there and whatnot so i because i always enjoyed that with like jackie chan movies with like how he'd would use like environmental martial arts with stuff in that so i always have liked within star wars when they build choreography within like these duels like around the like environment so it's not something that could just happen the same in any different place but it's it's happening that way because of where they are while they're dueling that way uh and i know i don't know whose note this was but somebody had a note about why ahsoka was only using me all right what and what what did you have to say about that i was just confused because she has two sabers her known fighting style is two sabers then this dude pulls up with his broadsword stance and she goes okay i'm gonna go broadsword stance why i am not one-handed <laughs> bring, bring the broadsword there's its throat no um, it was just like uh, she's I trained know. herself to use two, and she's got smaller handle. Uh, it was just like, why are you doing that? It was just maddening to me. I know, at least with her doing that against Merrick, it was just because like she was definitely more sure of herself with how she was going to take on Merrick, and because she she knew like Merrick thought like you know like I'll just do this and make it go really fast, and I can kick her butt that way. Uh, and she's like, nope. So I don't. Maybe if it was just because of just the necessity of that duel that way too. So I don't know. I don't. And again, that. if she went with two, maybe the story wouldn't be where we are now. But still, yeah. it was just one of the maddening points of the episode where it was yeah. just like, "You have a second one. What are you doing? Why aren't you force pushing that damn map out of the way? Like, why do you got to touch it?" Like, yeah. Uh, the the other thing too I liked on the the Sabine shin duel side was uh where there was this shot that we've seen in some of the trailers where like it looks like sabine's trying to like force push shin and she's just like she did i don't yeah i don't know i thought she did something because she goes like that oh well so was she just bracing for it yeah she's like you don't have power but yeah and she like braces but and then sabine shoots the i would i thought like maybe something happened i and like behind her by accident like the other part of that too is like during that whole sequence i again i liked the use of the environment with like the lightsabers like cutting on the trees in the, the mm-hmm. gonna mention from, do we they cut the trees but you never see them fall no you do and even you do them, i must have missed it yeah you see a little bit of them and it felt funny because it like did that and i thought about it i was like oh i guess the leaves would make the end down cycle. oh yeah i i don't know i do physics engine stuff in cg a lot so i noticed it like but she, like she hit that tree too, and like when her helmet went flying off, I was like, 
She hit that like hard. Hard. I'd have yeah. to hit it hard for the helmet to go flying off like that. I thought we were going to see her use the force to get her helmet back in the end. Like the one thing she might truly oh, care yeah. about enough to. That that was one of the th things too. I kind of spoke on this like at the very beginning with like Peter Ramsey's direction. I liked that like framing of that shot with like showing her helmet like laying there on the the leaves in the the forest as you see like Shin and so being like in like the the foreground, dueling there still. And I just liked that whole kind of context of like how that shot was set up, but. Uh, Someone else had a note here too. Uh, like, with, I, I, I had, I liked the smoke bomb. I, I made like a joke of that. I was like, smoke bomb, run away. <laughs> yeah. Pocket, Pocket sand. sand. <laughs> yeah. You just pick a little bit of Mary cup and you, you throw it. It's so disappointing that those bombs don't exist in real life. I'd, I'd be using them all the time. I'd be like, hey, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, this is on the like the one of the more recent seasons of the CW Flash show. There was a character on that that um, one of the Harrison Well variants. He had like smoke bombs that that actually were like portals. So like if you threw them down, it would make the smoke bomb, but then it actually like transported you somewhere else. So it wasn't just like didn't, didn't Barney on How I Met Your Mother use smoke bombs? Oh yeah, but I, I know he did that, the Flash, but I think that was just because Neil Patrick Curse is actually like into like magic, so he's just like. Phew. Um, but the the next thing here too that I uh, when they cut back to Balin versus Ahsoka, which I thought was interesting, is Ahsoka when she tries to grab the map like out of the the green fire that's there too. Uh, she gets burned essentially similar to uh, uh, the main Nazi in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, up the amulet there too. And gets I'm it. glad you thought of that too because that was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, holy cow, this is. <laughs> Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark. I was thinking of that, mm -hmm. but then I was also, again, thinking of, like, Wizarding World Harry Potter stuff, too, because of, like, like, how, like, sometimes, like, the Horcrux stuff kind of, like, affected whoever touched them. Like, I know, like, in there, like, Dumbledore, when he put on the ring on that, like, it, like, cursed his hand. Uh, so I didn't know if it was, like, if it somehow... Surprise! You didn't think of the doorknob from Home Alone. That too. But it was just strange because she picked it up fine in Episode One. I guess because it was activated, it was different. Yeah, and in the fire. Because I didn't even think about the fire until just now. Because I just thought of it as like you know, pretty green light that it was sitting up. But I guess it was fire. And it was processing, getting the coordinates. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was almost wondering if this was like I know so this is where we'll start to kinda of talk about where she ends up at the end of the episode, but I thought maybe this is kind of has maybe some kind of cross correlation to why she's able to show up into the world between worlds again here at the end of this episode. Um maybe. I don't know. I know she's been there before, so maybe she just has access to it. It's generally only. Well, my thought was, couples. if we're gonna go there, I guess my thought was. Yeah, not not just yet, but like a. Okay, I'll but, shut up. No worries. Uh, yeah, so like we can, we'll get there in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Balin pushes Ahsoka over the cliff edge and then talks to to Sabine. Oh, here too, I also liked how you could see like some like genuine, 
um, like the affection that Ahsoka had for Sabine because when Shin shows back up there and Ahsoka just assumes that Sabine's dead because the last time she saw her she was dueling Shin so and then when Shin just shows back she's like ah, Sabine uh, which oh yeah she she does see her I was going to say wait did they see each other but yeah they did uh, yeah so then Balin pushes Ahsoka over the cliff edge and then talks to Sabine into giving over the map uh, and gives his word to get Ezra. The thing that I thought was interesting her, here too is that he said that her entire family died on Mandalore. So again, I'm not really sure of the... I have Hunting ideas of where this is in the, the timeline, but like, I don't know if this is, you know, like the night of like the like the Thousand Tears that we've heard about with like Bo-Katan and, and Mando. And I thought that happened parallel I mean, to Rebels and what I when I stuff I was watching before this. It happened. I thought it was like right around the same moment. It happened post Rebels because in like in Rebels, at a certain point, Sabine has the the dark saber that Bo-Katan had recently in in Mando, uh, but then in here we saw the. But yeah, then she gives she gives it to Bo-Katan there, and like that whole other thing. Um, but and then that's kind of like the last place we saw Bo-Katan in Rebels was that. But so yeah, because in in Rebels like you saw like her her family like her father and like her brother and her parents and that. Um, so it's interesting to like kind of find out this way that she's or she's. I guess the last of her family, and so essentially her family is Hera, Ezra. Do you think Ahsoka. that Balin was telling her the truth? I that's. I mean, with him maybe. Just because he seems like, especially because like when Shin comes in there and after he's made like the whole deal and like she's trying to like force choke Sabine out, and he's like, "No, don't kill her. I just told her that I was gonna like." get her to the, like because they could have easily just like killed her there at that killed point. her like because they they already had what they needed they were off to do what they needed to like they didn't there's not really a point for them at this point to have her as any kind of leverage he assumes ahsoka's dead so he's like no so and his motivation just, yeah I don't know. Like I'm I'm hoping that there's more to his motivation than just the bad thing is the right thing to do. Like Yeah. I've been trying to figure out in my other in other episodes we talk about it, what happens to Jedi who like flunk out of Jedi school or whatever. And in my learnings, a lot of them just go become mercenaries for the highest bidder. So that's his motivation could just be money. That's yeah. like that's what I'm coming from. Is he's just getting money out of it, or some Thrawn? Like he's promised like a seat next to Thrawn or something. And but still has like his own kind of personal moral code that he's not willing to break beyond. Still, still got that Jedi in him. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. gonna be really interesting to see a, you know how his character arc continues because yeah. <laughs> it doesn't at the end of this season. Well, well yeah, sadly, <laughs> yeah. Right, R.I.P. Uh, right. Stevenson, who I think was definitely one of the M MVPs of this episode too. Yeah, he was terrific. I thought. 
Use summer. Use banners to summarize your fucking point. Click the wrong one. I don't know why you didn't delete that one. Did Wait, the actor some... died? Yeah, Ray yeah, Stevenson, Ray Stevenson died. When, like June or something, ago. or yeah. right before this came out? Yeah. 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 I mean, like from what, like massive heart attack or something? It was just kind of like a sudden. I never, I never saw the reason. Yeah. I, it, yeah, I don't know. Part. That's true. I don't know either. Seemed like it was a sudden thing, but maybe there was something else going on. We don't know. I just remember seeing him in the trailer, and then like time had gone by, and I saw he died, and I sent Mark a picture. Wasn't he just in this trailer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what people, mean? people. I mean, if if you're only like fans of like Marvel, Star Wars stuff, too, people may um, recognize him as Volstag from the first two Thor movies and the beginning of the third Thor movie. He was. He was I don't the, remember much from the first Thor Thor movies. He was he was essentially the 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 Gimli of Thor's you know like the Gimli Warriors Five. He was you know he was the big oh yeah dude. that guy yeah that that was racist. I didn't realize it was him. Yeah, yeah that, that huh. was him. Yeah, but yeah. What do you think of Sabine's choice to uh, selfish hand over the map? Selfish because she agreed uh, to that wasn't the plan if. Things go pear shaped. It felt very. We have to get the plot going more. It felt just written in for written in sake. Yeah, what are we gonna do to move this forward? Type thing. Yeah. Because because the funny thing is, Ahsoka grabs the map. What the ball thing? Whatever. They're like, oh, we're not even close to done. She puts the. Gets put back instantly. We're done. Like, yeah, there, it was like only halfway, <laughs> or slightly over halfway, and they're like, Bing! Windows ninety five downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> the internet connection just somehow, yeah. I mean, I mean, that is how downloads Spend go. Like, it it, start, it stays at seventy five percent for like. That's when minutes. you put your mouse on it to make sure it's. Yeah, that is still going. I do. It's still going. I do that too. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I thought it was selfish, but at the same time, I kind of figured it was going to something like that was going to happen in this series where she was going to. They wouldn't have put it in that whole conversation. Yeah. If it wasn't going to happen, is basically the way I felt the second they had that conversation on the ship. Was yeah. okay. One of them's going to break this, like some at some point. Yeah, and then like I can kind of. I can see it from like two different viewpoints there too, because again, like kind of he's he was like playing off of like all of her kind of uh, like vul uh, vulnerabilities there too, with like what would hit her like the hardest, you know, like like bringing Ezra up like a million times, like in that too, mm -hmm. like he he could sense and know like that's like it's like at the forefront of her her mind that's like what her goal has been for however many years it's been since I believe like was it he was using a Jedi mind trick yeah, maybe because <laughs> yeah, it's been like I think it's been at least like 10 at least 10 years since Ezra left with the with Thrawn and the with Thrawn. At, at the end of of uh, Rebels yeah um, so and who knows where they've been that like entire time. But then the the thing I liked here too is so Sabine, while she's captured, uh, she sees that Hera's arrival, 
uh, before the hyperdrive is activated. And that the hyperdrive jump is a super crazy visual with the, the eye of Scion. Not to be confused, the eye of so so uh, Sauron. I was going to say the eye of Sauron, because uh, Mike's here. Uh, I am here. It is true. And then there's your eye. Uh, but I have two of them, believe it or not. Well, four eyes with your glasses. Are these really eyes, though? No. <laughs> I feel like I should have got the glasses memo. I could have taken my contacts out and wore mine. And why? And we all would have been, yeah. Matching. I can go get my pair that only has one lens, and then I can be <laughs> half and half. <laughs> yeah. All right, but keep going. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Oh yeah, the only other thing I liked uh, Jason here saying, "Mom, I've got a bad feeling," and someone had a note about that. Yeah, that was a okay. good note. there are two types of people in this world: those who need closure, <laughs> and I needed him to finish the line. To finish the line. <laughs> and I can't believe to come back like finish the line. I thought I read it and finish I missed line. it, and I went back and I was like, "Nope, he didn't say it." He didn't say it. <laughs> He's a kid. Maybe he doesn't know the whole line. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like what I was saying earlier, too, like when the, you know, the the ring, the hyperdrive ignites and they take off to Galaxies Unknown uh, and it just, like, takes out basically all of the X-Wing pilots that came with Hera except for Carson Tiva. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, it's like... Oh, well, good. good he job. got paid too much to get taken out. Yeah, he's been highly. He, I mean, he's been in too many episodes now. For, yeah. You know. uh, but, been in how many shows? And this is his yeah. third show. Book of Fourth Bones show. Cut, Mandalorian, Soka. will probably show up at Skeleton Crew. I mean, he's he's awesome. He didn't get stabbed in the stomach, so yeah, Steve was cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the other the other thing. I liked here too is that once we cut from this, so I, I liked this transition too. With so they cut to back down to the planet, and you see the cliff, and you see like the water, and I this is like a really good transition from that. And then at first, it kind of just looks like Ahsoka is like a giant, or but it was like it should like the like the the quote-unquote floor that she's on and like how that works there on like how it's like weight like the waves of it are coming i just like that whole like visual transition which again peter ramsey with everything that he had to do with visuals and stuff and you know the spider-verse i'm wondering if this was maybe like an idea he had here for like that visual transition to this uh, but we see, like, Ahsoka, she's laying there. She's in the world between worlds. And you kind of vaguely hear off-screen, you hear, uh, Hello, Snips. Uh, and didn't expect to see you so soon. And for those who watched uh, Clone Wars, Snips is what Anakin would call Ahsoka. That was his nickname, yeah. For... Yeah, so Ahsoka would call him Sky Guy. Uh, and then we cut to... A what looks like an episode three Revenge of the Sith era Hayden Christensen, uh, yeah, standing there in the world between worlds, smiling, not a force so, ghost, fully looks looking fully corporal, and corporal, yeah, 
Uh, but uh, yeah, and I, I, the thing that I noticed here too, and which I'm sure you guys did too, is like there's this slight music cue here too, uh, as he's smiling, that plays a very, very brief Imperial March musical it's cue. Kind of gave me the feeling that he's going to be evil still. It's, I'm not sure. Like, why would you give that musical cue? Right, the musical yeah. cue. Because, or if it's not Anakin. Because, so this is supposed to be re post Return of the Jedi, and as we know, at the end of that, we see Hitchcock and Force Ghost. For anyone that's watched the more recent versions of Return of the Jedi, standing there next to Alec Guinness and uh, Muppet Yoda, um, and which I, I'm okay with. I like I like seeing Hayden Christensen in there as Anakin. It makes sense to me. I I know there's also reasons why it should look like Sebastian Shaw there too. But either, either way, I I think Luke is going to recognize who it is because he's just going to still have that connection to feeling knowing the feeling of what I guess his dad's force aura would feel like. Um, and uh, my part of my theory with like at least Force Ghosts is that to like see like the fully kind of like corporal. I mean not corporal because like, you'd have to be able to touch them, but like the fully like visualized force ghosts you have to have some kind of personal connection with them to see them maybe uh, which is like why ray can see like the force ghost versions of um, luke and leia near the end of rise of skywalker and like why luke only sees you know anakin obi-wan and yoda here because those were the three i mean the only three force users he would have known at that point uh and so the other thing I'm wondering here too is from what we've seen with Ahsoka before in the world between worlds and rebels, her whole situation there too, is that in, in that Ezra accesses it through this temple ends up there. Um, this is post spoiler alert post uh, Kanan passing away from sacrificing himself in rebels. Uh, and at the end of season two of Rebels, uh, after Anakin and Ahsoka, well, not sorry, not Anakin, but Darth Vader and Ahsoka duel each other in that it's assumed that Ahsoka is dead because you see we see Vader leaving the temple at the end of that season two finale, and you don't see Ahsoka again. Uh, so in here, Ezra sees Ahsoka during that battle because in this world between worlds, there's like. He can hear like all these different things that like haven't happened yet or will happen soon or have happened because you hear like audio cues from like a new hope audio cues from like force awakens uh stuff from revenge of the sith stuff from you know the prequels and everything there uh and he sees kanan sacrifice himself again in like one of like these doorways and in one of the doorways he sees ahsoka uh fighting vader and he just as like he, she's gonna get struck down by Vader, he pulls her out of it. So she's in the world between worlds with Ezra there. Um, whole stuff ensues there. If you want to see this, this is, it's a good episode. So go check it out. Especially if you're confused about where Ahsoka is at the the end of this episode. Of yeah, it's a really Ahsoka. good episode. I think the episode's called "The World Between Worlds" too. So it's an easy one to find. And it's season four of Rebels. It's near, it's near the tail end of the, the last season there. Um, 
but basically she she goes back through the portal by the end of that episode so that like she doesn't mess up any kind of timeline stuff and just kind of like lays low until she can show back up again so uh, i'm wondering if maybe that's why she just because she's been there before like she has this past connection to it is able to access it somehow and you can only access it through like these very spiritual places or temples so because they are there at that that stone temple is just supposed to be like an older force related uh, temple on this planet that maybe that has some kind of cross correlation there too with why she was able to access it maybe maybe she she is dead and this is purgatory as we said at the beginning of the office which is the world between worlds but i know uh, 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 that uh, some of you guys, you guys had had a few like other kind of theories about what may be going on here too. Yeah, I wonder if Ahsoka is dead or alive. And given that we see Anakin, you know, younger, and and what he's wearing. It, you know, is she seeing kind of the past Anakin who's 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 ventured his way in there? You know, I mean, uh, yeah. or so, just like that's like her uh, visual, like her mind's visual, yeah, representa- representation of what Anakin should look like. So we, there's there's uh, this is going to be a big episode. I, you know, I think it's so interesting. You know, as, as you already mentioned, that Dave Filoni directed, you know, part five. Yeah. They just and... posted this today, too. Like, they're going to be doing screenings. Yeah. And like, what, 10 or 12 cities? They're going to be doing yeah. screen- the theatrical screenings of nope. it? Nowhere near around any of the four of us. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boo. But, yeah, that, I mean, that would be awesome to go see that. Because I've, I've heard many, I've, like, heard rumors about, like, how big this, like, this next episode is going to be. Uh, it's, I think it's supposed to be the longest episode of this season. Just the people that worked on the show, this was like next week's episode is their favorite episode of the of the season. So I hope they're not building it up too much. I know that I'm ex- that like I'm excited just based off of like I was I was a big fan of like the prequels Anakin and of Anakin throughout like Clone Wars and. Uh, like Matt Lanter playing him in Clone Wars or Hayden Christensen playing him in, in the, the live action. It was good seeing him back in Obi-Wan. It's good seeing him in, in this too. Uh, Kai, who was on this last week, made a, I, I saw, he made a p- pretty good joke on Twitter was that it was, it was like, oh, it looks like uh, Anakin's uh, uh, android arm is one with the Force too. Because <laughs> he's, he's got the, the, the robot arm there in the, the World Between Worlds. Uh but uh, like I, Mike, did you have? I think these are notes. Like, did you have? I'm the purple notes. You're looking at it. Yeah, I'm green. Uh, okay. But like, <laughs> so I, I don't I don't have any explanation of how or why he's there. But like I've I, they've never really explored in any of the series. Like, does Anakin regret what he did all those years? Like. Obviously, he had last-minute regret kind of thing and by throwing the Emperor down, but, like, I want to hear the character talk about it. And even, 
even so if i could write one through nine if i could like i would do such people talking i i would have i would have written seven eight nine that anakin somehow okay this is how i would have done it that the chosen one is able to reincarnate without a father just like jump in and be born again oh. i would have had like ray exactly like avatar <laughs> i would have had ray be anakin and there could even be like a to luke like no i'm your father kind of thing just so all nine movies would be about the same person seven eight nine are just so disconnected they were one through six they were all about it, palpatine like who cares about seven eight nine because but it's the sky one through six <laughs> but if yeah if like i would have had so one through three is the rise of anakin four five six is the fall you know like leaving the garden yeah. of eden he's the, the the universe was this perfect or the galaxy was this perfect state that he kicked it out of the garden of eden he sent it into this lone and dreary world this wild west grittiness and then 789 i would have made it of him making right what he did wrong and putting the galaxy back into this perfection state hoping just so that it'd be one big story like so I want I want more from Anakin. I want to hear him say words like to Ahsoka, you, my Padawan, need to make right what I've done wrong. You need to mend this galaxy. You're the one I I need you to do it for me. Something like that would be yeah. so rewarding. I liked might happen. Her hearing his voice, the first thing she said said was like reverted back to like padawan status and called him master too uh what what you were saying with you like your theming too ted you could even do it so like prequels father uh original trilogy son luke and then with your idea of like having him be like reincarnated into ray the holy spirit there you go father son of the holy, the holy spirit oh, okay yeah yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's he's space Jesus. He was <laughs> Shimmy is is like what like Force Mary? Yeah, Force Mary. She's Force yeah, Mary. The Virgin she's Mary. Qui Gon is Force Joseph. And and then if the chosen one, yeah, are they? Yeah. If the chosen one could be reincarnated at his own will, then they could go back into like Knights of the Old Republic. And still have it be about the same character, and kind of thing. But that is on the that, last Airbender. Did he? That is yeah. a little too much Avatar. Yeah. That is. Yeah, and that even is, he worked on that before he went to Clone Wars. <laughs> but even Avatar Roku says to Aang, "You know, I failed. You need to make right." So maybe, maybe I am lifting a little too much from Avatar. It's a cool idea. I I know. So like that was. With the music there too, I know in the Colin Trevorrow version of Episode Nine, uh, there was supposed to be some kind of thing with uh, like a Force ghost, Anakin uh, appearing to Kylo, where it like kept changing back and forth between it, like it would be Anakin during the conversation, and then it would change to Vader, 
and then is that like Anakin. where Gollum's over here and Smeagol's down here? Yeah, but like, because it was in that like episode nine uh, Trevorrow script that like leaked like a couple years ago. There's this the whole thing in that. Uh, this stuff's been coming out lately too, like talking about like all the deleted scenes from Rise of Skywalker that got cut out, like with like Kylo torturing Chewbacca and whatnot, um, like and Finn using a lightsaber on Exegol at the end of the movie too. So it seems like so much stuff was cut. This is a different. This is this is for the, our eventual Rise of Skywalker episode that we'll do for like talking about that movie. But uh, I was just bringing that up because as like with like getting that little hint of the Imperial March, maybe. And maybe it's not actually Anakin. Maybe it's, I don't, it could, this again could be like something else from like Clone Wars where it's um, the the Mortis trilogy stuff with like the, the son, the daughter, and like the Morai there, like her whole spirit like went into Ahsoka. So maybe that could be something going on there too. Because in that, that Mortis trilogy of Clone Wars, um, basically... Anakin's got this whole thing that happens with the the son in that episode too. So it might not actually be. I mean, it'd be cool if it's Anakin, but it might not be Anakin. So I, I'm prepared like if for it, it was, to, to not be. If it was a good Anakin, a changed Anakin, I probably would have played his theme from the prequels. Yeah. Before the Imperial March. Wrong one. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, that, and I know that there's that that one TV spot that they did that had uh, audio dialogue from Hayden Christensen that seemed um, like from the time period of the Tales of the Jedi stuff that they did with Ahsoka, where he was training her with the the clones like again and again and again to basically be able to take care of herself. Um, so I'm assuming that dialogue is going to be coming from this next episode. So I don't know if there's going to be like flashbacks in that, or if it's just going to be like... sticking with what they've been doing. They're going to live action stuff that's already been animated. Yeah, I mean, in the world between world, they can just walk up to those portals, and it'll be like a, a clips show where they can like walk up to be like, "Remember this," and you can see like Hayden Christensen wearing the like the Matt Lanter Anakin like the Clone Wars armor. That'd be pretty cool. Um, Maybe see like maybe Human McGregor shows up in one of those those clips like in his Clone Wars armor too. They give him like a like a really like makeup like square like beard yeah and haircut to, to like, look yeah, the series yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. That's pretty much like the end of the episode. Did you guys have any closing thoughts on anything else from this episode, or what you would you personally would like to see? from the episode next week. Uh, so we'll go Stanford first time, then Ted, then Mike, and then I'll close out. You know, my mind is going in all sorts of directions at the, after the end of this episode of ways it could go. And I honestly don't have a preference. I'm just more curious. Just to say, okay, well, uh, you know, I trust Dave Filoni, and I think he's you know an outstanding storyteller, and also no one knows Star Wars better than Dave. So... Uh, I, I honestly, I wish I could predict something. Honestly, I have no screaming clue <laughs> what's in store for us. I just hope it's gonna be great. Nice. And how about you, Ted? I'm I'm the same. I I hope 
it, this episode is the one that gave me the most hope that will keep me going in this series. Um, excited to see uh, and curious. Yeah. I hope that it really is Anakin and that we can get some more character stuff from him. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited because there's two type of people. <laughs> Those who need closure. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> and then Mike, what, how about you? Well, my closing thought is just going back to the world within worlds or between worlds. Side worlds. Palpatine used that. Sides worlds. All the time, right? Uh, Wasn't that the story? Like he's the one who, and he got no, pissed that Ezra figured so it out. He was like he was able to. He knew that Ezra was there, but. Like, he himself was trying to access it so he could get in there. Um, but he's, like, having to, like... Comp he was basically using some kind of, like, Witches of Death mirror-type dark magic there because he had, like, the whole green flame thing going on with him, too. Um, so who's to say he didn't teach Vader this? And that's how Anakin knows about it. And who's to say Anakin, who could... I'm assuming is good pulled Ahsoka in and saved her life again a la Ezra yeah, that, in the fight. If that's what happened. At first I thought, oh, shit, that's where they're going is this world. And then I was like, maybe this is the world where Force Ghost exists. And that's why they're always blue-tinged and like, nice. I don't know. But yeah, That could be interesting. I enjoyed the pacing of this episode better than episode three. I'm still excited to keep watching. That's kind of it hasn't been an Ahsoka show yet, in my opinion. It has I was I was expecting more of her, less of the whole Rebel storyline, but it is what it is. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Um, I'm enjoying it. I want to know where it's going. So they hooked me pretty good with this episode and the cliffhanger there. So on to next week. Yeah, and I I think, like, with that, too, I think next week is going to be very heavily Ahsoka's. I'm almost wondering if it, like, a majority of the screen time next week is just going to be here, like, in this setting with Anakin or Anakin and mm -hmm. Ahsoka um, and whatever that all entails. And, like, maybe her being there helps her to figure out what they need to do to be able to now that like it's going to be like her and Hera and Carson Tiva and Jason yes. uh, going to to get uh, Ezra and make sure that Thrawn doesn't come back which I'm assuming we will see Thrawn in the next episode I'm assuming maybe we'll see Ezra and I almost wish, like, in that one trailer that, that they hadn't shown Thrawn standing on that very recognizable, like, bridge mm -hmm. of the, like, the the Lightspeed Eye of Scion. Because with how, like, designed that bridge is, like, it's very recognizable that he's standing in the same spot that Morgan is. So uh, I'm assuming that'll be next week, maybe. Like, maybe that's the end of the episode. Be like, oh, and... Like, we'll spend all this time with, with Ahsoka and Anakin, or Anakin, uh, in the world between worlds, and then it'll cut to 
them coming out of, you know, light speed at the end there and be like, oh, here's Thrawn. Um, but it should, I, I am just, I don't, I'm curious and I'm hoping that like next week's episode isn't like overhyped based on like everything that we know about it or maybe don't know about it. Uh, and then just being like a big fan of Hayden Christensen and the character of Anakin, I'm excited to see ex exactly how much he'll be in that next week. Maybe they, I mean, they put him on the poster for the, the mid season things. So yeah, they, they hit the member berries pretty hard for the ending here. Yeah. Member. <laughs> Although I made sure when I shared that poster on the, the Holdo Instagram that I put a, like a little gif thing over his part of it that said spoiler alert. So if people hadn't seen the show yet, that Good call. I saw the poster be like, oh, okay, cool. It would only be yeah. when they clicked it that they'd be like, oh, wait, what? I can't blame me. I put the spoiler alert thing over it. So, but yeah, I, I am excited for next week. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what Dave Filoni does in that episode, uh, where it goes from there too. Because now this, uh, we're officially halfway through the season at the end of this episode. So from next week on, that'll be the second half tail end of the season. So it'll be, I'm a, so because of that now you know that we've kind of we've, they've gone off to where like they wanted to. They have Ahsoka here. This is where it's like the crescendo is going to start, you know, that, that build up um, to where like it climaxes by the end of the, the finale of the season, hopefully. Um, so we'll see what, what happens there too. But yeah, so that'll do it for episode 53 of Hold a Maneuver. Uh, you guys can leave us a review on the podcast catcher of your choice, or if you watch this on YouTube, uh, you can leave a comment in this video or subscribe to us, or all of those things. Um, you can also find the show on social media at Holdapod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, here on, on YouTube if you're watching this. I also made a TikTok, I guess, for Holdapod. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Because I, I put like two of the, two of the like reels, shorts, you know. Because that's what drives people to the channel, so I don't know. Uh, I, we made the taste. One. Give yeah, me a taste. We made this one about the force that, like, I had an idea for, and it's doing okay. So, uh, was it came it came to me for like the idea for that after last week's episode with Sabine talking about not being able to to use the force. So, uh, if you haven't watched that, that's in one of those places, YouTube or it's in one of those places. One of the places that. That, that do the, you know, the short attention span vertical videos. <laughs> Those. Uh, but yeah, you can, so, and then where can they find you online, Ted, and then Stanford? On YouTube, I'm at Ted Sowards. And if you want to find me on X, I'm at Ted here. Ted here. Ted here. Not, not Ted there. Not Ted there. Where's Bill? <laughs> so I'm uh, on Twitter slash X, although I'm really trying to quit it. But I'm I'm also on Threads. But you know, I think Threads lasted for what a month. Uh, so I'm at Stanford Clark. But the best place to find me <laughs> is I've got a movie podcast and website at moviespastandpresent.com. Yeah, and then uh, Mike and I are also on all those places. We're here. 
uh, our, our names. If you're watching video of this, our handles are probably what you're seeing on the screen. Mike's, I think, is a little bit different. Uh, but, yeah, so that's... Just search my name. Yeah. Pick the one with the middle initial. You'll, you'll find me. <laughs> you'll find And then if, if you want to email us, uh, you can email us at holdapod at gmail.com. But here we go to Mike's favorite part of the episode. Because, as always, we are grateful to George Lucas for creating the Star Wars universe. Oh, dear. Thank the maker. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you in the world between worlds. Bye.